0: Service. Welcome to episode nine of the Mia Sun Road podcast. Uh, joining me today is Maurice House from Mia Sun Road. Say hello, Maurice. Hi. Always lovely, lovely to have you, and I'm. And it's just us two today, so be a lot of banter back and forth. No pressure, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, today we are going to discuss the two-nil victory over uh, RB Leipzig in the league, and the two-one victory over Celtic that sees Bayern, along with group leader PSG, advance to the round of 16 in Champions League play. But before we get started on that, um, I did want to mention the Dave of Bay Pokal draw really quick. Um, how are you feeling about drawing Bay Bay, Maurice? <laughs>
1: Well, that, that is really strange. Like, I can't remember um, a time in recent history at Bayern where we had two uh, two of the top three teams in, in Germany and f- had to face them in uh, back-to-back rounds, especially uh, <laughs> before the winter break. So that is that will be a really tough challenge. Um, at least we get to play them at home. At least Bay for Bay seems to be not... On- Really on top of their game right now. Well, I guess we'll find out about that on on Saturday. But um, yeah, that will be a, that will be a tough challenge. And then let's all get ready for the uh, cup final against uh, SC Paderborn, I suppose.
0: <laughs> right? That's kind of crazy. Um, does, do you think? Do you think that? Um, it uh, denigrates the competition a little bit, getting, kicking out um, really really strong teams, or does it make it more fun for the most of the general public, as it as you know, uh, Bay and Bayern have been winning it pretty consistently over the last uh, several years now.
1: Yeah, I think it's uh, probably if you're if you're like a huge supporter of, of any team but Bayern and Dortmund, it's probably a, a good thing, and you're like, hey, maybe we got a chance this year to really well advance to, to the late later rounds. Um, I think for me personally, I I, I, don't, I don't like it that much because um, I like those games in in April and May when we when we play all of those big teams um, in like really compressed uh, time Um, I I really enjoy that so obviously the Dave Beboukal semi-final if we if we reach it won't be against one of the one of the big ones um, yeah maybe maybe there's um, set list or rankings like you do with March Madness in college basketball maybe it would be an idea for for the dfb card as well um, for the future maybe so that you would have like Bayern as a one seed and then uh, maybe in the other bracket you have Dortmund as a one seed and then like they only can meet uh, like at the, in the semi-finals or final four rounds for the first time so maybe that, that will be an option but I, I don't know if that it will actually increase the um yeah the the value of the people car oh so, wait
0: are they making are they making a move to doing that no no
1: no 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 no. it was just something that was like um discussed about. in german media following oh. that that draw for Bayern versus right. woodstock hmm
0: they're
1: not doing that but but i think it's it, it would be something to, to try out i don't know what what do you think about that
0: yeah i i kind of like that idea um I'm a big fan of the March Madness in college basketball
1: so
0: when it comes on yeah,
1: yeah, like everybody could fill out their bracket prior yeah. to season. Oh my
0: God, that'd be awesome. That part I would really,
1: really you can, you enjoy. You could go up against all your co-workers as yeah. well.
0: That'd be great. And you you know, when you're a number five seed, you always got to look out for that 12 because that 12, <laughs> yeah, that 12 will At kick your ass.
1: <laughs> and then everybody will be trying to, to work out that Cinderella story and trying to figure out whether I don't know Babelsberg or Roadwise Essen will advance to the next round, so yeah, that yeah. would that would definitely be fun. <laughs>
0: that would be really really cool. I actually like that idea. Um, I love uh, I loved Mats Hummels' uh, remark on Twitter, where he said it was the third round in the second final. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: he's good at Twitter. I mean, he, he's good at he's Twitter. Pro- that that Mats Hummels
1: yeah definitely uh, I can see him I can see him working for buying social media following his career
0: <laughs> put him in the New York office with Chris yeah. and, the rest, right? and Scott Sandalow <laughs> all right uh, e- enough of, of wishing for something that's probably not going to happen but it's but it is nice to think <laughs> about and uh, let's uh, dive into the RB Leipzig match um this was slightly less controversial than the Pokal match midweek. Still, still, <laughs> slightly. Still, RBL uh, managed to receive another early red card, this time to Captain Willy Arbonne for a tackle on Aryan Robin. Straight red. Um, might have Siebert given a yellow there, or was the red correct?
1: Um, I, I think I think if if you uh, if you make the call there for for a foul and that was the right call, I think you have to go with the red card because he was clearly the last man, and I think that is yeah straight red. So I think good 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 choice by the by the ref.
0: There. Right. Right. Um, there was a little bit of consternation. I don't know. Is that a position where where the referee can have some wiggle room in what they choose to dole out, or, or, or like you said, is that just it's clear cut? Last man. That's it. Off.
1: I think, um, of course, there there is some 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 room because you you can you can say well it was not like that one hundred percent chance. But I think it's if he does if he does not commit the foul there then it's Lewandowski uh, by himself against uh, Gulaski. and that that is a very good chance uh, for a goal and i think uh, the the referee actually took a look at it uh, on the with, uh, with the help of the v- VAR mm-hmm. and so yeah i think just, just the red was the right decision there. No room to to wiggle.
0: <laughs> and then and then um, another funny comment, uh, this one from Hasenhutl, commented the next time they practice for Bayern that they'll practice playing 10 on 11. That,
1: that yeah, naked. well probably best because, because I, I already said that uh, actually Bayern going uh, that, that Leipzig going up against Bayern now is like in four matches they have been about, about like 200 minutes um, with one man down so yeah <laughs> probably a good choice <laughs> right, there.
0: <laughs> right. Um, so the first goal uh, on 19 minutes uh, Rudy and Robin Sebastian Rudy and Aryan Robin uh, with lovely give and go down the right a Robin assist and a miss, uh, goal low and away from Gulachi Great uh, one. The, yeah that was
1: that was nice. I, I loved it I loved it uh, I loved both the, like, the, the combination between, between Rudy and Robin uh, that was that was really something and then in in the middle like um, you had Lewandowski and uh, James like crossing path and uh, Lewandowski going like to the far post and dragging the defender with him and so uh, James had just that little room and then that finish just, just lovely and very deadly, deadly finish.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then the second goal came on 38 minutes with a really, really nice clinical through ball from uh, Javi Martinez and an easy finish from Lewandowski. On Unfortunately, he would go off injured with a thigh knock um, and but we'll chat more about that uh, when we when we talk about uh, the Celtic match. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this this game differed very greatly from the Pocal, and I think um, the biggest reasons you can put behind it um, was, or the biggest reason was the midfield control. So uh, you had Javi Martinez, Thiago, and Sebastian Rudy um, that played markedly better uh, than the Pocal, which fe- featured Arturo Vidal. Um, Coco Telisso and Thiago, uh, how did that change the way that uh, Leipzig approached the match with their press?
1: Well, I think um, I think just just having Thiago and Rudy in there, um, having two players um, who who have that security when they when they actually have the ball. and also Martinez, who who did a great job at positioning himself in in midfield to avoid that press. And of course, if you talk about um, if you talk about the, the game against Leipzig in the Bundesliga, you can only talk um, about the first 11 minutes when when it was all fair and square with 11 against 11. And I think. Um, Bayern really did a way better job than than they did in in the Pokal, where they were under enormous pressure and they could not could not um, find a way to, to play out of it. And I think again we saw Martinez as well um, playing playing um, a good role there, uh, pos- just with his pos- positioning, with his passing play that I think is. Um, has improved a lot, and I think, um, yeah, just just the the trio of of them really work better than Vidal and and Tolisso, um, as we discussed at length uh, in previous podcasts, I
0: think. <laughs> <laughs> uh we will see a bit of Vidal and Tolisso again later in the Celtic match <laughs> yeah
1: it does not end
0: <laughs> but for but for now um, the passing percentage went up by the midfield by like 10 to 15 percent higher um, than that than that Pokal match um, uh, and yes like you said they were they were uh, able to play themselves out of the press which um, uh, with the lower passing uh, rates of Vidal and and Tolisso, uh caused Bayern quite a bit of I think consternation in the in the Pokal. Um, what what do you make of of the four three three? Is this formation born out of injuries to Byron's attack? Um, is this something that we will see uh, when people are healthy going forward? Is Yep going to revert back to a 4-2-3-1? Or uh, what do you make this, Maurice?
1: Well, that's, that's actually a good question. Um, I think... Uh, if, if Müller gets back into, in, uh, into form and gets back healthy, um, I think um, Heinkes will go back to that 4 3 one because, uh, frankly, in the four-three-three as as they play currently with that one player playing the defensive midfielder part and then you have those two players occupying that, that spot of the, the eighth player, uh, mm-hmm. as we call it, um, then... That there is no position for, for Müller in that in that system, oh, and that was something that um, I think uh, Carlo Ancelotti found out. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the the hard way, I think. That, <laughs> yeah, that you that, can't yeah.
0: leave Müller out, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, and, and there there is no really a spot because Mur just is not that uh, that player who who has that who has his strengths with the ball, but actually has his strength without the ball. If that makes sense, yeah, um, of course. He's just more like like the he he, he, he finds ways and he finds uh, room and spaces on the pitch. That he can occupy, but I don't think that is something that you look for, um, in, in, like in central midfield, like um, at the eight or the six spot. So I think if Müller gets back, um, Heinkes will switch back to that four-two-three-one, which he was really um, confident in putting out in the first few matches as well. So yeah, I think we will see see that change if everybody gets healthy again.
0: Um so uh, Galazzi, uh had another very impressive performance. Um it wasn't it wasn't quite as good as as his midweek one, but he was still um, the best player on the pitch for for Leipzig. Um but Bayern were just that that little bit better, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, most certainly. I think um, in the second half, of course, um, Bayern took the, the foot off the gas pedal. Um, of course, Lewandowski being out played played a huge role there as well. But um, if they got their chances and they got through. Um, then uh, it was always uh, Gulashi who was who was in the way, and like you mentioned in in the Pokal match, of course he was unbelievable, like uh, dragging Leipzig all by himself basically to to um, to penalty shootout. But um, I think at the weekend as well, he showed that he can be a a really good 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 goalkeeper, like top top notch in the Bundesliga.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um. So with with. Leipzig's playing style um, is it too risky to play against a team like Bayern like that or are they not going to change or adjust because that's the way they play and that's it um, how do you how do you feel about that because it, it seems uh, with that high press like it gets really reckless in the back for them and against a team with as much experience as Bayern has um, it they're kind of I guess more new to this, you know, and and and, yeah, sure, sure. and the reckless part comes out. Do you see Hasan Hüttel maybe making an adjustment in the Rukunde, uh, the way that they approach playing Bayern? Um,
1: well uh, <laughs> Of course, Hasenhüttl has his, has his own style. Um, this very aggressive uh, pressing up front with um, also, uh, frankly, a lot of um, lot of attacking players on the pitch, like against Bayern, he lined up Sabitzer, Forsberg, Paulsen and Werner, which are like four offensive-minded players. That is one more offensive-minded player than Bayern put out in that match. So, mm-hmm. frankly, a really, um, uh, yeah, like a, you could say a risky move, but... Um, <laughs> You want to stay true to your to your. Um Idea of play, and that is what Hasenhüttl tried. At least, of course, you can say that uh, maybe looking forward, he should start to um, think about that if he faces um, big big names like in the Champions League or in in Germany with uh, Bayern and Dortmund. But but you saw that it, that it can work like in the Pokal. If we come back to that match again, um, Bayern really really struggled a lot facing that facing that team and facing that that playing style. And, and as as uh, discussed in the pod last week, um, if a few things uh, go different in the Pokal match than um, I think Leipzig goes through. So, yeah, Hasnudel tried to to stay to stay, to, to stay true to his like values, and um, yeah, of course, the logical move might be to maybe bring bring in another um, holding midfielder but um yeah if, if that's the way he want to go and he want to he rather wants to lose five to four um or lose like like that then maybe maybe that's his choice
0: <laughs> um before we move on to the celtic match uh, any final thoughts on leipzig or anything you want to bring up um, and one thing
1: I, I would like to mention was Hamas uh, in uh, left attacking midfield, um, especially in the first half. He had two really really nice crosses from like um, the box of uh, uh, like from the corner of the penalty box. Um, when first Lewandowski and then later uh, Thiago had a had a an header, and I think those. Um, those crosses looked really, really good. They were like hit right to five meters in front of the goal, and both times, Thiago and Lewandowski were completely alone um, ahead of Gulashi. Unfortunately, they both both missed. But that is something that you might might want to look forward to in uh, in future games if Hamas can continue to hit those crosses the way he did. Um, I really like those.
0: Yeah. Um... That's an advantage that he has over over Kingsley Coleman on the, on the left. Correct? Coleman. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: but, but but you also saw you also saw that the something that Hamas obviously is lacking, and that is that is just the just the speed of Koman. Like Thomas is not one of those fast players. I, I think he's probably slower than Robin as well. Um, uh, but so he does not have that typical um, like those first two three steps where he can really separate from the defender. Right. But, um, <laughs> He he also tends to interpret that role a little bit different, like playing um, more on the inside uh, than Coman is. But, um, yeah, it it was at least interesting to see. And, like, those crosses, like I said, were something that I I noticed uh, while watching the game, that they were really, really good looking. And so let's hope for the best there.
0: Would it be fair to say that Ahamuz is maybe uh, the better option for 4-3-3 over Coman?
1: No, I don't, I actually don't think so um, because, um, like I said, the, the speed of Coleman and is it gives him the advantage as far as I'm concerned. And also, I, I think um, his uh, his playing together with Alaba looks looks better. But that might be as well due to the fact that they are more used to playing together because they had a lot more matches, of course, than Hamas and Alaba together on the same side. Right. But I still think uh, that Komen would uh, should be the number one option for, for Bayern, especially with Ribéry out, but I think also when Ribéry gets back.
0: All right. So um, that was kind of breezy. It's a little less complicated to talk about than, that, than the Pokal match, obviously. Um where there was lots of arguments and consternation about pretty much everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's the, football for you, right? Right, there. <laughs> right. I mean, that makes a good football show uh, where the only thing every everybody could agree on was basically that Bayern shot five perfect penalties. Mid mid-way.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's it.
0: Other than that, everything was totally up in the air. Um, but let's continue on to Tuesday's match, the Halloween match, against Celtic it's a hard-fought 2-1 victory in one of the tougher places to play in Europe I think would you agree yeah, definitely. it's yeah, definitely yeah. super super intimidating the fans are very passionate um and I
1: think that a lot of players um came out and said that that was really really a nice crowd um I think um uh, Niklas Sule um said something along the lines that this is like such a special thing for him to come out there in that arena at Celtic park um with with the fans and the atmosphere and he really really enjoyed that to play there and he said that well that is one of the reasons why why he joined Bayern of course to to play on those stages uh, in Europe
0: yeah yeah um I really enjoyed it I, I enjoyed a uh, Celtic singing at the 67th minute referencing their European Cup victory in 1967 <laughs> yeah. that was really cool with all the cell phones and the lights that was that was awesome yeah.
1: There was this, there was this uh, one uh, photo of, of Kingsley Coleman uh, in Dribble with all those um, c- cell phone lights uh, in the stands. And that, that looks just uh, like that. that is a really nice looking photo that, that, that the guy took over there. So
0: you yeah, might sure. want to find that one <laughs> on Twitter <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> find it and keep it. Hold it close. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, that yeah, was yeah. really kind of spectacular. And yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: <coughs> you, you always know that the atmosphere at some place is really special if one of one uh, if someone from the Mearson Road uh, um, team, uh, Martin, he was there at the game, and prior to the game he said that he ca- he, he catches himself thinking that. Uh, maybe maybe uh, I'm, I'm rooting for um, an early lead from from Celtic Glasgow just to see that that place go go completely nuts.
0: <laughs> right yeah and and it did it really livened up uh, when they equalized. Uh, yeah like definitely, in the second half. definitely. Of course, that only lasted for a few minutes. um, We're about to delve into that. Uh, The first goal, uh, (laughs) this is kind of amazing. On 22 minutes, uh, Sven Ulreich nabs the assist, which, by the way, is a first for a goalkeeper in Champions League competition since the 2003-2004 season.
1: And the first by a German goalie, I think, as well. So, props to
0: him. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Sven doesn't suck I don't care what you guys say Anyway <laughs> With a the, with the, with the very long ball Up to Kingsley Coleman up front Who basically took on the entire uh, Celtic defense by himself uh, <laughs> to, to score the opener uh, But you gotta think What was um, Celtic's goalkeeper Craig Gordon thinking Coming out like that
1: Yeah, I don't know. I just just don't know, because, like, the camera was, was like, panning to to Coleman first, and we were like, okay, yeah, he's alone against three guys, so let's see what he can make out of that one. And then you see, like, what? (laughs) Gordon is out there, but but why? Why? Yeah, yeah, he's in space for no reason. But but, but then... yeah, I think something that that Coleman has shown through the past weeks—he kept his head like like pretty clear, pretty straight, and kept his head up. Um, just reached the ball just inches uh, before the goalie was there, and gets that touch, and then has a nice finish. Um, to make it to make it one 0 so gr- good play by Coleman as well but of course a huge um, mistake by by by, by the Gordon. Chelsea goalie of yeah. course
0: um, Coleman, Coleman's coming along really nicely as as like heir to the robbery throne I think um, I think with all this consistent playing time now with uh, Franck Ribery being out he's really showing that that he can be the future. Of Bayern Munich on the wings, do you think?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, like um, I read today a uh, stat that uh, um, since since Heinz has joined Bayern, Coman is now the player with the most. Uh like goals and assists combined he has like two goals and two assists so far um, and that just shows that that he really is taking steps forwards of course it's a long way we talk about uh, ultimately we talk about replacing Frank Ribery who is like this huge uh, name at Bayern that huge club legend who had who's all time assist leader at Bayern so that of course is something that you can't do like from now to tomorrow but I think Komen is on a on a good way he still has long Lots of room to improve, but he has like um, he has something that is something special, and that is just like his his speed, um, just like those first two three fast steps as I mentioned earlier. And um, so he has something special, I think. Um, and if he if he need, uh, if he keeps on working on his decision making and as far as We've heard now from Heinkes; um, they are working with Coleman, especially um, on his decision making in front of goal. If he can get that figured out, and if he can actually then take the next step and work on his on his shot as well, so that he's also like um, dangerous just, from from range, then I think I think uh, Coleman of is is on a good way.
0: Not not just an assist threat, but a goal threat as well.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. I think, um, uh, and what we see from Coman is what uh, we are kind of missing uh, as far as take-ons go. It, it seems like on the right side, Aryan Robin is more willing to pass off. He doesn't take on. He still draws double defenders. But he's not so. He doesn't. Have, it seems like he doesn't really have that willingness to do it. Where Coman is like, "Hey, F it, let's go," you know.
1: Um, yeah, that's a good point. Um, um, that is something that I think is also um, due to due to the advanced age of of Robin that he cannot, um, I think, go at it like all game long. And of course, Coleman being like in his early twenties. He got those young legs and he got that speed, so why not take on um, the opposing defender if he knows that he's faster than him? Um, and so, yeah, he takes his chances, maybe also takes some ill-advised um, dribblings or take-ons, but um, yeah, most definitely, that, that that is one of the one of the bigger uh, differences between the left and the right side, I think.
0: Yeah. Um, do you? <laughs> Is that troubling to you for for Aryan? I mean, I don't think you can uh, call him selfish any longer, right? No, um,
1: <laughs> yeah, the, 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 I think the story with Aryan Rom is is really interesting. I, I, so far this season, um, we haven't seen him like. At his at his at the top of his game, like what we what we used to from from Aynron. Um Like I don't want to be unfair, but um, I think he has taken a little step back from from uh, from his from his past days, and well, it's it's just obvious um, given given his age, but. Um, I still think that that Robin at at any moment of the game can still can still decide a game. Like I s- still think Robin is one of few players in the Bayern squad that is able to single handedly decide one of the biggest matches, like Champions League semi um, on a, on a consistent basis. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if Robin at the end of the season scores the decisive goals, like in the Champions League uh, semi semifinals, or DFB Pokal semifinals. So. Um, there is still that to him, but maybe he cannot bring like this this uh, highest level of his play like every day, like week in and week against, out, against yeah, week in and week out basically here. Yeah.
0: And and this was kind of a – it was a tough stretch of matches as well. I mean, they played three – Yeah,
1: a, most definitely. Three, yeah, sure. three
0: in a week, you know, um, two against one opponent that played very tough, very physical, high press, you know, and then, and then a Champions League away. Um, some, yeah, something of course, was, and also
1: going like – going uh, the whole 120 minutes and – than the the penalty shooters which is obviously also like a big mental challenge I think so yeah yeah for sure weeks
0: I mean you saw in both matches in in the Leipzig league match and in the Celtic match that Bayern dropped off precipitously in the second half Um, is 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 that is that just being tired or trying to reserve strength or or is that worrisome uh, going forward as far as um, Hank Because didn't Hankus say he wanted to keep like the team on, you know, on full yeah. gas and full pressure the yeah. whole time. Um, but what do you make of that? It, is that is that just exhaustion, or 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 is this something to be worried about, or something that Hengus needs to work on going forward?
1: Yeah, I hope that it's just uh, exhaustion, but but I don't I don't think so actually. Like um, if you if you think back to like I think two weeks ago when we did the part as well and it was like right after the first leg against Celtic Glasgow mm-hmm. we discussed basically the same thing like Bayern um, like going to cruise control for, for most parts of the second half and both me and Chris were like yeah well they are up 3-0 and the game was basically over so that's that, that was a fair point especially looking ahead for the following weeks well now it's two weeks later and I have to say that I'm uh, especially after seeing that game yesterday against against Celtic Glasgow, I'm a little bit concerned because um, it's one thing to to go into cruise control if the game is over. And I think it was over against uh, Celtic Glasgow in the first leg. And I think it was over as well the, on the past weekend against RB Leipzig because um, RB Leipzig being a man down, um, being two goals down, even Hasenhüttl said after the game that when it was 1-0 uh, for Bayern, he knew that the game was over, basically. So, um, I think for those two matches, it's excusable or it's it's okay. Um, but yesterday was, was um, I think, very different from that because yesterday um, Bayern um, took the foot off the gas pedal with uh, still most of the game left and also without being in control of the game. Like... Um, Glasgow was only down by one goal um, and we started to really drop drop deep um, did not um, continue with um, our, our pressure on the on the um, defenders from Glasgow trying to bring the ball up um, and that is something that, that I, I was a little bit worried when I when I saw yesterday because we really handed that game back to Glasgow well we could have also like kept the foot in the gas pedal try for that second goal and then maybe if we get that second goal and Glasgow is basically out of the game then go back to cruise control but the way it unfolded yesterday I don't think that was a that was a good step that was actually I think a step back to to Ancelotti times when we always had those those phases in the game uh, those phases in the game where we would drop back deep and let like the opponent take over the ball and yesterday at at the half we were only at like 55 percent um Possession and um, right. that is that is shocking because I cannot think back to a game against um, and I I use like air quotes now lower opponent right. um, like Celtic Glasgow um, I don't I I can't remember actually that we only had fifty five percent of possession against one of those uh, um, one of those opponents like when we had those low numbers it was always against like Madrid or Barcelona in the past three years
0: right right um, so let's let's talk about uh, Celtic's response. So at seventy four minutes, Callum McGregor scored a goal with a James Forrest assist. But but let's talk about how this was all Rafinha's fault. (laughs) 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 Rafinha um, I love Rafinha and I don't I you know I hate to bag on him because most people don't like him. Um but but he didn't exactly cover himself in glory in this match. And um that that goal to tie it up 1-1. Um <laughs> it started off with a shitty throw-in by Rafinha. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> and then he misses the tackle on McGregor <laughs> before <laughs> before the goal. Um there were a lot of misplaced passes from him. Uh and and i know you know hankus is just trying to give Kim, give Kim a rest and 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 save guys for baba bay coming up and kind of you know and i enjoy the rotation and i really enjoy the fact that he um, that hankus trusts in his team then the team kind of has to perform <laughs> all right <laughs> What do you think? Am I am I being too hard on Rafinha, or was this? It seemed like to me it was just an off day for him, and and the second goal encapsulated his performance on the day.
1: Yeah, it's. it's I think it's safe to say that um, Rafinha obviously had had better days than than yesterday than against the Glasgow. Yeah. Um, I think Rafinha is um, like for, for Bundesliga purposes. He is a very solid um, backup at, at the, as a right defender. Um, he he's I think with the quality that he has, he's he would probably be a starter for maybe ten out of the eighteen Bundesliga sides. Um, but yeah, he. he I, I noticed um, beginning this preseason actually that he seemed to be a little bit off. That his uh, that he seemed always seemed to lack like that step. He was not. Involved as much as as Kimmich, for example, in that in that passing machine of Bayern, and also his positioning on, on defense was was a little bit weak, weak um, especially if the opponent um, was in like a, a, a counter situation. Um, so yeah, Rafinia seems to be maybe one of the bigger drop-offs that we have in the squad um, if we start subbing out players one for one um, like I don't think Bernard on the left side would be a huge drop-off from Alaba in his current form at least um, yeah Rafinha like I said had better matches um, let's just hope we don't rely on him for like one of those one of the big ones one of the big later ones?
0: on yeah yeah <clears throat> Let's uh jump over, let's jump over the left side of the pitch. What happens when Juan Bernat comes back?
1: Um, well, um, Bernat, uh, like the way he he played starting the season, like before he got injured, um, I think really was on a like on on a good way to. At least be a be a strong contender for that for that spot uh, that
0: position, that Alaba yeah.
1: occupies, yeah, for the starting spot. Um, of course, that is something that that maybe none of the coaches would have done because just like the person that Alaba is, like him being one of the last few actually Bayern own uh, talents in the, in the first team. But I think um, just given the performance of Alaba, that that Bernard was a viable option back then. Of course, now with the injury can't and get the worst possible time. Um, we, we'll have to wait and see. Like he, he still has to get fully healthy, then had he then he has to get back into form, and then he has to get back into that form uh, that he had um, earlier this season. And then he also has to hope that that Alaba is not improving. And of course, um, we've seen also that um, that under under um, Heinkes. Otherwise, is taking those steps forward, especially with Coman with together on that left side. So I think once Bernard is back fully healthy, he'll only be a backup. Um, yeah, and n- not really much more.
0: Uh, it was so weird. Such high hopes, you know, going into the season. He had such a, a great... Um, uh, summer, uh, summer yeah. camp, you know, and and really, really looked so much more dynamic than anything that David Alaba was doing uh, going forward and in defense as well. Um, yeah, I I really I wish the best for him. I know he he you know he was kind of. Auditioning maybe to get away from Bayern, you know, with with the good form, and you you can't really knock him for wanting to go somewhere else either, can you? Uh, Especially with his talent or what he's shown, his talent can be, and uh, and then having a guy like Alaba playing in front of you.
1: Yeah,
0: sure, sure. Anyway, let's uh, let's let's go on to. the second goal so for Bayern, uh, it was just three minutes later, after the crowd in the Celtic Park went absolutely bonkers, uh, <laughs> in the se- 77th minute, Javi Martinez showing off that old Schweinsteiger uh, passion. Uh, it was a David Alaba assist and a headed ball for Martinez. Uh, Unfortunately, came up bleeding to death after colliding with Bitten, Um, both receiving treatment and both ended up going back in the match. Um, uh, But it was it was that that was it seemed like Byron did the least possible to win the match. And then Definitely. and then and then won it on on a piece of individual brilliance from Javi. Um, the blood, you know, the blood coursing down his face is just that little bit of extra swagger, I suppose. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you said, ch- channeling his own Schweinsteiger from the back from the World Cup World in two thousand fourteen. <laughs> Um, yeah and don't don't you just love a player like Javi Martinez coming out of that match and and being like, well, um, if i if if I bleed every time I score a goal, then it then I, I would like to bleed every day.
0: That <laughs> right? No, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, and it's kind of great to see him in 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 defensive midfield again. I think that uh, I think that did were you on the pod where we discussed Javi Martinez? Like early in the season,
1: mm, we discussed them um, like I think um, a few times when I was on as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, um, it, you know, under under Ancelotti, we had him pegged to be strictly a center back, correct? Yeah. And now all of a sudden, we we strangely get Hankus back, and now he's back in defensive midfield, and I think he's. Um, He's regrowing into that role as well. Would you Would you agree there?
1: Yeah, most definitely. Um, I, I have to admit that uh, I was on the, <laughs> I was not on the Javi Martinez back to defensive midfield hype train.
0: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's a very long <laughs> um, <hype> train.
1: <laughs> I, I was I, I was actually thinking that that he would be better suited to 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 stay uh, uh, in in central defense, but I think Javi has shown that um, he has the. Um, just besides from his superb tackling, from his superb defensive qualities, he also has um, a solid passing game. I think by now a better passing game than Arturo Vidal and uh, Quarantine Toulos, uh, Tolisso. Um, and he has also that that drive. Of course, Vidal has the same drive um, to to like. Um, once once in a while, show up in the opposing opposing box, and that's just what he did for that for that second goal against against Celtic Glasgow. Um, something that we ha- haven't seen in the whole match, frankly. Like somebody somebody showing up in the opponent's box, and then it was just Martinez in there and. He has an all-right header. I think he missed two or three um, headers at goal uh, in the Leipzig match after corners. But um, yeah, he showed that he can do that as well. And yeah, like I said, um, in the in the current system, that current four-three-three, there's definitely a spot for, for Javi Martinez. And there should be definitely a spot for Javi Martinez. Um for 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 the bigger matches, like for example against Dortmund on the weekend, I
0: think um, I think he tends to be like a very traditional six, right? Where where the rest of our midfield players are kind of all over the place. Yeah, yeah. That, that that is that is something that um, I'm mean, uh, barring bar actually noticed from, from as yesterday's
1: well. game as well because yeah. um, like Vidal, like being Vidal. Um, Vidal was, I think, yesterday a little bit unleashed into the role that he plays for the for the national team in, in Chile. Um, he had like all those all all of the freedom, and he he, he used that. He was like sometimes playing between Sula and Boateng, um, and on the other times he was like the first striker up front. And Tolisso as well showed up, um, like all the way up into the front that had his usual, um, stuff going on when he was like going out to the right side as well. And Martinez was the only one who to like stay put all game long, except, except for the goal, of course.
0: Right, right. And popped up at exactly the perfect time. Um, I wanted to add Sebastian Rudy is also more of a traditional six as well. Um, but yeah, with the other guys, uh, you never you never quite know.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're, they're everywhere. They and, could, I, and I think, and maybe that's a problem as well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, but but I think do you think is that what? Is that what Henkis intended? Um, putting uh, Vidal and Talisa back in the midfield for Celtic uh, after giving them a rest against Leipzig on the weekend. Did Is that what he intended? Because it seems like they all um, did a lot of position switching and uh, with the front three of Kingsley Coman, Hamas, uh, and Arjen Robin up top as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um of course, the the main reason to to pull in Martinez is that Heikens is a huge fan of of keeping a clean sheet in the back, and Martinez obviously gives you that defensive stability that Bayern lacked under Ancelotti for most times. And yeah, I think you can make the point that that he wanted to have like this one constant, um, let's call it, um, that not who who does not change position that much, who like stays put more um, because of all the because of all the position changing that was going on on the, in the other positions up front on the pitch yeah you can make that point I suppose
0: okay well I made it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so um, so no Lewandowski for this match and uh, uh, so last. Well, Lewandowski, no party, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, you know, there is something there is something lacking with with Lewandowski not being on the pitch. Um, how how did it affect this match directly?
1: Yeah, um, like. Um, you you only notice how much how much a player like Lewandowski is missing if he actually isn't there, and I think we missed him a lot in the game against Celtic. Um, n- not just like by his um, yeah, like the 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 danger that that he puts into the opposing. Um, defense but also like as, as, as this first um, player to receive a ball like like if they if you start a counter-attack or even in the positioning game you need a player who who can like receive the ball hold it against the def- uh, hold it against uh, the central defenders even if they start to, to pressure him and then put that ball back into the hands of um, like Holman Robin or that that central midfielder and that is something that, that we lacked yesterday. Um, like, Hamels was not this player. Of course, Khamers, um is, is not as physically strong as Lewandowski, so he, he cannot just, like, yeah, um, maintain possession if he's pressured by, like, um, 190 tall um, Celtic defender. Uh, right. So, so that was something that was missing, and then as well, another part that was missing was like that, um, just let, just somebody who was in the in the opposing box. Um, the positioning in in the box is something that um, I think worked sometimes really good for Heinkes. Um uh, or under Heinkes. and um, yeah, yesterday against Celtic Glasgow, um, it was totally off because we we did not have anybody in the box, um, nobody that um, that um, made the Celtic defense focus on him, and right. I think that was that was a big big problem for for Bayern as well, uh, and that was I think why they why they ended up creating so few chances in the end.
0: I mean. Uh... A lot of people won't won't say this or or don't know that, notice this, but but Lewandowski uh, is I mean he's one of the best strikers in the world, period, right? Yeah, yeah. top three, yeah. top two, period. No hot take there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, what what he does that I think is so magical is is I like his play off the ball. Yeah, how yeah. He, how yeah. how he positions himself, how he drags defenders with him that opens up spaces for the other offensive players, and I think that's a really really highly underestimated part of his game, and I think um, that yeah, you really saw that or the lack of that come into play against Celtic.
1: Yeah, most definitely. Um, most definitely, that was that was something that was missing. Um, also, because um, and I think I think that is something that um, if you have somebody who's who's um, trained to be a striker, who's practiced being a forward, practiced all the ways that that a striker um, has around the box, then. You you uh, you have that maybe a little bit more than with somebody like Hamas who's just thrown in there and like yeah do do your best basically <laughs>
0: <Right>. um, <laughs> give a give a pat on the butt all right go out there and yeah <laughs> <laughs> have fun guys <laughs> <sighs> so so um, just last week we answered a, a, a Twitter follower's question um, about the need for a backup striker and we're all like nah not going to happen
1: <laughs> lewandowski never gets hurt
0: right no lewandowski never gets injured and then he gets injured and then he asks for one <laughs> so
1: so yeah, which 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 i honestly think uh I, I don't really understand that that that, um, that statement by Lewandowski because um, everything that, that came across from him during the offseason was that he was lacking support for, you know, winning uh, the, the Toyager Kanone in the Bundesliga, like scoring the most goals in the Bundesliga. And all of a sudden now he's like, I need a backup to replace me in some games because I don't want to play every every three days. So they don't seem to fit together all too well. I think, but
0: right. No, it's, it's just kind of, yeah, exactly. Which is, which is why this is so strange coming now. Uh, I suppose it'll make, um, a lot of the Byron fandom happy, but who, who, who do they get? Who do they get? That's not cup tied. That's, you
1: know, yeah, it's, it's basically, it's, um, it's it's an enormous task um, to, to to find someone like you said who who is still eligible to play in the Champions League. Um, then of course you have to you have to get somebody um, that is uh, that does not want to go to the World Cup or has his spot secured already. Because let's face it, the guy is going to play maybe five games in the whole uh, the whole um, second part of the season because. On all the other days, Lewandowski will be fully healthy and he will be like, hey, man, I want to score. I want to win the, the Toyga Canona. so <laughs> take a step back. I want to score them goals, um, so I'm going to play. Um, so, like, some German newspaper put out um, several names, like, <laughs> doing one of those slideshows and said, like, yeah, that that, w- that might be a player that, 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 that Bayern is, is looking at. Right. But... But if you look at look through all of the, those names, you're like, well, I can't see Mario Gomez joining Bayern now because no, he if he wants joins to play Bayern, he, he won't go to the World Cup. Yeah. Uh, same for Sandro Wagner, I think. Uh, and then if you look at the other players like Edin Cecho, of, uh, he he won't be eligible to play for, uh, for Bayern in the Champions League so if Lewandowski gets hurt uh, in the in the semi-finals you're still stuck with Thomas uh, Rodriguez yeah. or <laughs> or <Winsheimers, laughs> for right? that matter so yeah. I mean
0: hey I'm all for uh, giving Bitzheimer a shot
1: <laughs> I was I was hoping for that as well yesterday, but it, 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 the news broke pretty quickly that Winsheimer was was never at consideration for for the starting spot, and <laughs> the way that that game turned out, maybe it was it was best for him to just stay put on the bench for for the whole ninety minutes.
0: Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Still, I like to see the young guys get out there. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. But then, and of I, course, I think, but then I of think course, Fried,
1: Fried in the Pokal match showed that. He, he at least did did an okay job in the minutes that he played. Almost scored that one goal up with that header.
0: Oh my God! Could you imagine if he would have scored that goal? That would have been. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Could you imagine like the, the Boulevard press, like you know, like like the Yellow Pages being like all over him for the next <laughs> for the next seven ga- uh, seven days or. <laughs>
0: That's a lot of pressure for a kid, right?
1: <laughs> <It's-> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: The, the, the next the next Gert
1: Müller <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh dear that's how we ruined Julian Green didn't we or the United States did that <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep yep <laughs> the next the next Landon Donovan
0: <laughs> yeah goodness gracious okay um do you have do you have anything else to add about Celtic I think I think we we were pretty straightforward in, in what we wanted to say um a big dip in, in form, even in the first half. Uh, closed out kind of evenly paced in the first half and dropped off in the second, uh, but we discussed why. And then yeah, just the individual brilliance from Martinez sealing the win and sealing um, our round of 16 appearance once again which is lovely I, I think that a lot of people may not have been surprised to not reach the round of 16 under Ancelotti what do you think
1: you, you mean that, that people
0: a people might expect- have expected to get, to get tossed out uh, in the group stage
1: no, I don't, I don't think so, because the, the, the group was fairly easy. I mean, Anderlecht and, and Glasgow are both, I don't think, or should, at least should not be a match for, for Bayern. And I think I think even, even Ancelotti <laughs> would have managed to, to get through in that group. Um, obviously not, not as, a, as a first, but I don't think we, we, we get to be first out of that group. But I think he would have gotten out of that group as well.
0: Would uh, would Klinsmann got gotten out of the group? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh goodness! So, uh, uh, do you have any final final thoughts on on Celtic?
1: Yeah, I I'm, I'm, I just want to add two two things. First, um, like we already discussed, um, that was. So far, I think the poorest outing under under Heinke's. Um, but I think that the, the the lineup already well somehow. Yeah. Once you saw the lineup, you you knew that this this was. That was the first thing I wanted to say, and the second thing is um, a little shout out to uh, Sven Ulrich in goal because um, I think um, he really showed. Um, Boy he had several good, um, good saves, not just in the match yesterday, but in the last few weeks as well. And he really, um, like, with a maybe with the confidence, maybe Heinkes and um, the the assistant coaches talking to him. I think that is really working good for him. And I think so far, um, if you if you don't look at the Wolfsburg game, then I think he's been a. Uh, quite a good subs uh, for for our replacement for Mononoy
0: Yeah, uh, it's it's kind of unfortunate that that McGregor goal was a nutmeg for him. Yeah, but
1: but well what are you gonna do like you have to you have to um, to go out to um, to make it tougher for, for the attacker and uh, for, for the for the um, forward and yeah <laughs> but that is just it just looks it, it looks really really silly but um, yeah it's just unfortunate I think
0: well we've already established that that was all Rafino's fault anyway so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I really I also, I enjoy the confidence that Ulrich is showing, and um, it's been kind of a pleasant surprise uh, going forward, and I'm glad he's got his confidence and his swagger back as well. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It means means we're not constantly on pins and needles, you know, at any time... uh, an opponent counters against us, which was kind of happening, at, you know, at the beginning, uh, right after Neuer's injury. So, yeah, absolutely. Great, great, great going forward. Um, before we leave you today, nobody sent in any questions. You guys suck. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's let's talk about um, the little match. We're not gonna call their clásico because I hate that shit. Uh, um, on on the weekend, so uh, can we ca- can we call it the German El Clásico? No. <laughs> No, I will no. I hate those terms. I will not use any of them. <laughs> I call it I call it the the, the FCB Bay match. That's it. That's all you get out of me. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, so, uh, what are you thinking about the game? Hankus uh, did well to rest some key players, which I'm sure played a part. Um, I'm sure the BVB match played a part in in his decision uh, for his starting eleven against Celtic. Um, yeah. yeah. H- how do you how do you see this? How do you see this playing out?
1: Um, yeah, um, it w- it will be um, an interesting match. Of course, uh, we we get to play Dortmund at a time where BVB seems to. Be, um, a little bit in, in distress they have obviously um, given away that, that she, uh, lead that they had in the Bundesliga um, giving up eight points in the last three matches to Bayern um, so yeah um already some talks in German media whether um, the the system of new BVB coach bosch has already been figured out um, that his playing style is too too um, extreme maybe but um, I if you, if you look back at, at the last matches, maybe except for the game um, last season um, in, in April, then BVB always um, found that extra extra gear when, when they played against Bayern. So um, just because they are maybe struggling a little bit right now, um, both in the Bundesliga and also in the Champions League, of course, um, I still think they will be a, a, a huge challenge for Bayern. Like you said, of course, we have rested a few players. Lewandowski seems to be back um, for the game. Um, there are still some doubts um, on Komen and Boateng, which I think if Komen would miss the game, that would be... Um,
0: that's a big blow.
1: Yeah, that, that's a blow, definitely. Um, I think with, with Boateng, of course, also a blow, but maybe we can... Uh, work with we, we can work with Homos and Sula I think as well um, yeah it's gonna gonna be a tough one um, gonna be interesting to see what um, whether Bosch makes some um, adjustments to, to his playing style like uh, like those adjustments that uh, maybe maybe uh, Hasenhüttl did not make when he played Bayern um, yeah
0: yeah, it's, it's, so, um, post, post Bay Bay match, uh, our next podcast, I'm going to have, uh, some of the ESPN FC guys on, uh, mm-hmm. the German writers. I might have all three leaving. We're going to leave out, uh, Rafa Honigstein. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so I was kind of chatting with, uh, Mark level and Stefan Busco and, uh, Ursfeld as well. The other stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, trying to wrangle out um, a schedule or when we could podcast or whatever, uh, I, but Buzz could talked to me a, a, a lot about about Boz and 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 how the system isn't working. And uh, he pointed out that it was it was due to uh, the Dortmund coach de- depending on like elite center backs uh mm-hmm. which Dortmund does not have and now even with with uh Schmelle out and piss out it makes it even worse like trying to implement uh what he wants what he wants to do and um made an interesting point as well about about um uh, with the long player injury list that they've had this season uh, that that this is just like a maintenance period they're not progressing they're not they're not doing anything to make themselves better they're just trying to get through matches um mm-hmm. does the coach make it the whole season it it, it already kind of seems like uh like his job might be a little bit on the line
1: No, I, th- I think he makes it. I, w- I would be really surprised to see Dortmund um, sack the the second coach um, in in just one year, basically, or in two seasons. Um, so so I think. Um, what
0: you, they could bring, they you, you,
1: can... you need that you need that patience. If, if you if you if you get a coach who has a, like a, a clear system, who has a clear. Um, mindset um, then then you have to let him let him work with a team uh, for at least one season um, because you you cannot one guy cannot implement all all of the change that he that he wants to implement just by, with with one season i think
0: i mean they could always bring two back
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think we're getting Tuchel in the summer. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think we are. Didn't did well. we agree on that one? <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, maybe that option is out there for them. That would yeah, be, I, that would I be just, hilarious. I
1: think Vazquez would would rather get um, get Matthias Sommer back than than um, the <laughs> Thomas Tuchel. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> or maybe sign Jürgen Klinsmann. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, it would just be a laugh a minute over there, over there in Dortmund. <laughs> um, okay, so I think we can wrap it up here. So uh, I'm going to agree with you, Marie. I, I'm going to agree with you. You think it's going to be a Bayern win, though, correct on Saturday?
1: Yeah, it, it will be. It, it will be a, um, a tough one, but but I think we will. Yeah, we'll gr- grind out another win. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> and then we can go into the international break. So and Yay. some players can I'm get so a little, excited. Uh, and some players can get a little bit of rest. <laughs> which is which is lovely. And we can get a little bit of rest where we're not typing and writing and podcasting, you know. <laughs> every damn day of the week. Uh, <laughs> uh Okay, so yeah, we're going to leave it off here uh, My guest today was Maurice House, uh, Who writes, of course, for Mia Sun Road um, Maurice, where Might we find you online?
1: Um, yeah, of course, on miasanroad.de uh, For the German readers and .com For the English content And then on Twitter as well uh, My Twitter handle is At Thunder24MH
0: Awesome And I am your hostess with the mostest. This is is totally not true. (laughs) I'm never saying that again. I am am your host, Susie Schaaf, and I can be found on Twitter at uh, the Susie Schaff. T-H-E-S-U-S-I-E-S-C-H-A-A-F. We will see you back again early next week. Post Beba Bay, and like I said, with um, a bunch of the German ESPN FC crew, so they're they're basically all Dortmund guys. So it should be very it should be very very entertaining. Uh, but for now, depends on
1: depends on the outcome of the match. Who's the one that right, is laughing the most?
0: right? right. <laughs> uh, but they're always good to chat with. Anyway, thank you. As always, for listening, uh, please get in touch if you have any questions, concerns, uh, or praise. We love praise, praise is always good to hear, and uh, <laughs> we will speak to you soon. Servus. <laughs>
1: Kampf gewonnen, den wir haben die, wir haben die Kampf gewonnen, den Sohn erklochen, es wir haben von ja.